Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Ah! Stop! Lights! So this is how liberty dies. With thunderous applause. Game over, man! Game over! Hello, and welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. My name is Scott Herzog, and joining me tonight is Miles McLaughlin and Mike Schilling. For those of you who don't know Mike Schilling, he is the head of media relations at the convention, Shoreleave. Shoreleave Conventions happens in Baltimore, just north of Baltimore, actually, every year about the second to third weekend of July. And he's on tonight to talk a little bit about Shoreleave, but also to give his thoughts about the current season of Picard, and we look back and reflect back on Picard after a couple weeks, kind of letting the dust settle and thinking about what this show has meant for us and how the show has impacted us. So we're actually going to talk a little bit to start off about Picard, and then we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of Shore Leave. Hope you enjoy the show. Miles, I know that one of the things we wanted to talk a little bit about with uh, Mike is kind of looking back. We've had a couple weeks now where we've unfortunately have been without Star Trek Picard. And uh, be, we obviously want to talk about Shore Leave tonight. But one of the things I thought it'd uh, be interesting to do is just to kind of reflect on Picard. And um, because that's probably the most current thing with Star Trek fandom that we've had. And also um, because Shore Leave, you know, the name surely comes out of the whole uh, Picard thing, uh, or not Picard, but Star Trek franchise. So I thought it'd be kind of neat to kind of maybe tie yeah, this to it. Is there anybody out there who doesn't already know that story? Yeah. You see, I'm kind of assuming that a lot of your listeners have heard my spiel before, and I don't want to repeat myself too much. But yeah. uh, well, if you want to give, if you want to, if you want to give the abbreviated, if you want to give the abbreviated version. Uh, do that, okay. and then we can go on and we'll talk right. a little bit about Picard and what you thought about right. it this year. Cliff's Notes version. Okay. <laughs> Set the Wayback Machine to the first season of original Star Trek. Okay? And there was an episode in the first season called, oddly enough, Shore Leave. And for all of you um, old-time fans such as us, uh, we clearly remember that episode as the one where uh, they find this planet where basically anything you think of, good or bad, is immediately created for you. So you better learn to create, you know, control your thoughts, okay? Because there could be unforeseen circumstances. I clearly remember something that Spock said during that episode that is very apropos of Shore Leave. Uh, he compared the place to an amusement park. A, a, what did Spock say? A, a place where people could go and do all kinds of fascinating things, right? And so, based on that, uh, Shore Leave 
became the name of our convention in the very beginning. And uh, even our mascot is the uh, white rabbit that um, that McCoy and Sulu saw at the very uh, beginning of the episode. You know, the, the giant bunny with um, looking at his watch going, oh, my stars and whiskers, I'll be late, right? And that is our, uh, that is our mascot that to this very day we give to all of our first-time guests kind of like as a keepsake, and the uh, rabbit's name, you ready for this? Gene Roddenbunny. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that is how we've got our name, and um, and the legacy lives on, so to speak. Um, tell us a little bit uh, about uh, your thoughts. We've talked a little bit about this in the diner, but I wanted to know your thoughts uh, maybe a little bit uh, as far as what you thought about Star Trek Picard. This ties in a little bit to the roots of Shore Leave, the whole Star Trek, even though Shore Leave is, you know, extended way beyond Star Trek from a Star Trek fan convention to way beyond that to being a general science fiction convention. But let's talk, okay. a, little, let's talk a little bit about Star Trek tonight, and especially Picard. What were your thoughts on this series? Wow. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> anyway, um, well, I remember these are purely my opinions, <laughs> not necessarily Shirley's opinions. But anyway, um, personally, I adored it. Um, I remember when I first heard about uh, bringing back the, the rest of the next-gen cast and everything, I said, that looks really interesting, but I bet it's just simple fan service. They'll, they'll bring them on, they'll wave at the camera, smile, and then they'll bring in some other, you know, broken characters that most people won't like, you know, and it'll be purely, you know, a one-and-done thing, and by episode two or three, the card will be back to his usual maudlin self. I could talk for hours about how disappointed I was in general, and me and, well, most people I know, to be honest, in the first two seasons of the card. There were times the first two seasons where I felt like it was a chore to watch it. Now, that's a living shame for me to say about any Star Trek series. You know, right. but yeah, that is exactly what it felt like a chore to watch. It's something that, you know, I said, well, I guess I've got to, right. I've got to support it or they won't make any more. Right. But it almost felt like, oh, another episode. But anyway, after the first episode, I started to get the feeling saying, wow, <laughs> why didn't they do this at the very beginning? And as each episode built, I mean, yes, it did, you know, be, you know, it's not quite as intense, maybe towards episodes four, five, and six before you come down, you know, towards seven, eight, nine, and ten. But um, what's the best way for me to describe it? I never really had an interest in purchasing any of the Picard DVDs when they came out. But trust me, when season three hits DVD, I'm buying it. Okay, because I can't wait to watch these episodes again. I can't really say that about most of the modern day, quote unquote, screen series that they've had. You know, I mean, I watch them, but I don't have any real desire to revisit them over and over again the way I did Classic and Next Gen and DS9 and Voyager and Enterprise and what I call original generation or aired Star Trek shows, right? Yeah. But this was totally different. I basically, it got to the point where I literally would count down the days until the next episode was on. But, so basically, it was a very emotional 
experience for me. Uh, right. watching these episodes, especially that last episode. Um, I have to give all the credit in the world to Terry Metalis, the new showrunner, and the uh, chief writer, I believe, for that season, um, at their ability to give them all something interesting to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, far too many individual moments to, to, to mention today in the time that we have. But very, very exciting, very, very emotional. Um, there was a lot of wrap-up to these characters that we simply did not get. As much as I liked Nemesis, a lot of what was said and covered, the ground that was covered, they never covered in the series. They never had a chance to do really in any of the movies. Um, I'll give you one example. Um, the interplay between Data and Jordy. Recall the scene when uh, Jordy thought that Data was gone. Just, just look at his reaction. Read his eyes. You know, I mean, Data sacrificed himself at the end of Nemesis, but there was very little in the way of of emotion to that. That's his best friend we're talking about. Right. Now the emotion was there. Right. Okay. Um, the talks between uh, Beverly and Picard about having a child that he didn't even know about, and why did you keep this from me? And you never gave me the chance to make that choice and everything. This is a conversation they should have had 30 years ago that the fans never had. So it's a little late, but they finally got to it, didn't they? And it's also absolutely amazing to see how I was commenting uh, on this with my, my brother, uh, who's 10 years older than I am, and he's the one who got me into the whole Star Trek universe when I was a young, nerdy fan. You know, So I don't know whether to bless him or curse him for this, <laughs> but anyway. But he's the one who got me into the Star Trek universe all those years ago. Anyway, um, so... So that's basically, you know, how, you know, how all that, uh, how all that started. But as you can see, I can start, uh, rambling on and, and everything about it, but, but yeah, just, uh, a great roller coaster ride. So in the beginning, I was saying, oh, you know, thankfully they're finally going to wrap this up. Three years is probably three too, too long. And now I'm sorry. Right. Because, you know, they finally did it right in the third season. Now they say they're done. I just hope that they can uh, do something with this legacy idea that they've been talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk about it. You don't know what format it's going to be. I don't know if that's just seven of nine and, um, you know, and Jack and everything on, you know, on board the uh, Enterprise G and everything. But, I mean, we, we shall see. I mean, I don't know if we'll be lucky enough to see any of the um, other, you know, next-gen characters going forward. You never can tell. Maybe a cameo appearance. But, but yeah, it was, it was everything that I had hoped that it would be. And, and based on 98% of the people I've talked to, and I must admit I've become a bit of a YouTube fiend since the last time we talked, um, I watch a lot of commentary videos. And most of the folks I watch, I think, are paid to be as negative as possible. But even them, almost to a person, was extremely positive about this. So, yes, to try to summarize this up, I had, I had my doubts. I had a lot of doubts going in, but those doubts were put to bed like within one to two episodes. Um, so I, I hope that you guys there in the diner were, were just as thrilled 
as as I was to to see Picard acting like Picard, to see that group um, bounce off each other so beautifully, to actually have something important story-wise, to see these actors return uh, to these parts. They just snap into it. That's what I was trying to say before I got off the subject. It's amazing how easily they can just snap into these roles without really thinking about it. It's just so natural to them. Right, right. Um, obviously very comfortable doing this and they're very comfortable and happy in each other's company. And you, you can't replicate that, right. you know, no matter how good the director is. So it's, it's a joy to see. And right. after a lot of disappointments in the streamed uh, Star Trek shows in the last several years, and with the on-again, off-again, on-again, off-again, Abramsverse movies, which you never know month-to-month what's happening with that. It's good to know that fans got this one-season-long love letter right. to all things Star Trek, and it's been a long time coming. Right. So it goes to show you, when you have the characters and the writing, what you can do. Right. I just hope that they, those, you know, the powers to be in secret hideouts and all that, maybe, I hope, learn their lesson just to show what fans really react to. Right. So anyway, I know yeah. I sucked up a lot of time <laughs> there, but I guess I'm just this another subject that I'm passionate about, right. I guess. Right. Well, Miles, uh, did you have any uh, comments or thoughts about what Mike shared? Because I know that I think you were kind of, if I'm correct, if I remember correctly, you were not on team Picard really the first or second season. It wasn't you didn't like it. You just, it wasn't, it wasn't your series. And, uh, but I think season three also kind of redeemed Picard for you too. Am I correct on that? You are correct. Um, uh, yeah, season one and two, while I enjoyed their certain, some moments in those series, uh, I didn't, I, I, I didn't care for it as a whole. Um, it just, uh, just wasn't Star Trek to me. Uh, but Mike, I will say the time when I see it, surely we can we can talk some Picard season three. Um, you have an impressive guest list for uh, surely this year. Um, yeah, I, I guess you could call it an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're a fan of Stargate, if you're a fan of, uh, uh, of the Orville, if you're a fan of uh, Star Trek Voyager. Um, you know, this, this con is for you and Battlestar Galactica. Um, um, so, and, and some, there, there's other, you know, other sci-fi genre shows. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, you, you, have a, a great list of, uh, uh, celebrity guests, uh, that are going to be there this year. Absolutely. I have to give all the credit in the world, uh, to our, um, our convention committee and especially our guest relations department. For pulling together a cross section of guests uh, from so many, uh, you know, from so many um, beloved science fiction uh, franchises, um, I'm telling you, it, it it almost makes you wish. And I know this is not the first time I've said this. It makes you wish that you could clone yourself into three or four or five people, because there is just no possible way you can get to everything programming wise. I mean, here I am as usual, you know, putting, you know, going to be appearing on a lot of panels and everything, but how am I supposed to do that when I want to see all these Q and A's and everything and want to take part in some 
photo ops with these guest stars, right? There's only one of me. So we've got to be very, very careful how everybody plans out their schedule. What I, if there are any newbies, any convention newbies out there listening to this uh, podcast today, I got to tell you, if uh, you folks decide to come out and join us at Shirley this year, and yes, there are, there is still space, but won't to wait, don't wait to the last minute now, because don't think you can walk in at 9.59 a.m. on Saturday. It's, it might be a little bit of a line. Anyway, what you got to do is get a hold of that pocket program, find a quiet corner somewhere, grab a pencil, and just start circling because you're going to very rapidly realize that there's only one of you and there's a lot of ground to cover. But yeah, and one of the problems is when you have this many guests at a, a small scale convention, let's face it, like ours, um, the programming is very tight and uh, you have to make some really hard choices. But yes, I'm absolutely thrilled at, at so many different um, you know, franchises being uh, well represented this year. Right. And just to, um, I mean, some of the guests are returning guests too. Am I right about that? Uh, yes, yes, they are. And some are first timers that we are absolutely thrilled about. Um, but yeah, one of them was literally with us last year and I'll explain that shortly. And that almost never happens, but very, very briefly. And I know we got to keep an eye on the time, but last year, literally two of our guests, we, we lost them literally a few days before the convention, okay, due to illness. So um, our guest relations team and the rest of the committee scrambled, and the um, two guests that we were able to get, I still haven't figured out how they were able to do it so quickly, but one was John Billingsley, Dr. Flox himself, who is no stranger to, to Baltimore area conventions. He's appeared at, at Farpoint a number of times. Um, how do I say this politely? The guy is a trip. He's absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Everybody just adored him. And the other one who came in was a, a young actress, singer, and comedian by the name of Bonnie Gordon. I wasn't going to go into the guest list yet, but she was so popular and so friendly and charmed so many people this weekend that we kind of went against our own rules and invited her back this year where we've had a chance to publicize her appearance much more than last year. But there was just no chance, you know? So this way we can let folks know, hey, she's coming back, you know, and you may have missed her show last year, and this is your chance to, you know, to see her perform. Uh, She's mainly known for being the voice of the computer in Star Trek Prodigy. Um, so that's what she's mainly known for in, uh, the Star Trek universe. But anyway, yeah, that's a fairly rare thing. We try not to have the same guests only like a year or two apart, but, uh, in her case, because of the special circumstances of her appearance last year, we, uh, we brought her back right away. That's awesome. And, uh, Picardo's a returning guest, isn't he? Yes, indeed. Um, like I say, so many great shows are very well represented. So there's going to be a lot of like photo op combinations available from all these different shows and combos of different actors. But yes, Robert Picardo has been, I mean, well, he's incredibly popular no matter where he goes, not just at shore leave, but I remember the times he's been at shore leave and he's been an absolute hoot. Um, you know, not only, you know, a brilliant mimic and a brilliant actor, um, but you know, 
just extremely funny, very, very intelligent. The audience just adores him. So can't wait to see him again. Awesome. His panels the, are always entertaining. What was that, Miles? Uh, his panels are, are, are always entertaining. Yeah. Yep, that's a good way. You never know what you're going to get when Bob Ricardo's around. Okay, <laughs> you're, you know, he can he can come up with anything, and he's been in so many different things that sure everybody's going to talk to him about being the Doctor and Voyager, but people will talk to him about you know being in the Howling. They'll talk about Explorers. You know, they'll talk about China Beach, and of course, he was a very popular character in in Stargate, of course. Right. You know, there's a, it, if, if you look at the website and our flyer, uh, you'll notice that a lot of these actors have, they kind of cross-pollinate each other, you know what I mean, as far as right. these different shows and everything. Uh, one actor will, you know, they've all been either in Stargate at one point or they've been in Star Trek at one point. So um, so they're, they're known for a lot more than just one role, you know, right. but he's absolutely amazing. Did you want to spend more time talking about the guest list now, or are we skipping over something? Uh, no, it's, it's, you know, it's just kind of been organic here and I'm fine with it being organic. Since we're on the guest list, we can uh, totally talk about the guest list. So I'm fine with that. I just think, I just oh. think before we get into that, it's just neat to see there's, it has to say something about shore leave and the way shore leave runs things for their guests that make guests say, you know what? I want to return back to that convention. And I think that says something really positive for surely. Well, that's absolutely true. And thank you for those kind words. Um, I remember some years ago when the Stargate series were running and we, we had a lot of Stargate themed guests those years. You may recall you guys were attending in those years, weren't you? Oh yeah. Um, there was every year we would get another big name from Stargate. And of course there were several shows. So it kind of blends together after a while, you know what I mean? But thinking about the classic original SG one cast and everything, every year we tried to chip away and get just that one more name, one more name. Right. And we would hear stories going around the convention where people would, the actors would go back to their sound stages after the convention weekend and tell their colleagues, if you're going to go to one convention, you've got to go to Shoreleaf. And, you know, you can look that up. I'm not making that up. This has been known to happen. And it's something we are extremely proud of. You know, it is how the we try to treat our uh, guests, the, the size of the convention, where it's not too small, but it's not too big, where people can relate to each other and talk to each other, you know, where they can actually talk to the guests for a minute or two and not be hustled through a line after 15 seconds. You know, there's a lot more. I mean, of course, COVID kind of changed a lot of that for a while, but hopefully we're, we're through that now, thankfully. Right. But, um, yeah. That is just something that we've always been extremely proud of. You see, uh, our um, convention chairs and our uh, guest relations committee have always tried to get guests that are extremely well-known in fandom for being fan-friendly. Let's face it, not every actor that appears in a genre show is really good at dealing with their fans. Let's just say that. We won't say any names, right? And other ones, they they just want to stay to themselves, and they they really don't have anything to do with it. It's it's a business, you know? But we always try to get ones that don't mind 
signing autographs, that don't mind having their picture taken, that, that will walk around the convention when they have a minute without an entourage of security around them. You know, um, people who may just be able, if their schedule allows, to help us judge the masquerade on Saturday night. These are important things. Right. Um, You know, and that that makes for a more pleasant all-around experience for both our attendees and for our guest stars. You see, Um, going back very briefly to our guest list, uh, speaking of Star Trek Voyager, Robert Duncan. Robert Duncan McNeil is joining us again. Yes. Now, he was another actor who was all set to be with us last year, and he got sick, sounds familiar, at the very last possible minute. And that's how we got John Billingsley at the last second. Okay? And you there? Yes. Okay, I thought we'd lost somebody no. there. Anyway, um, so Robert Duncan McNeil has very graciously agreed to uh, join us again this year. Mr. McNeil has become quite a very respected television director, by the way, um, since his days on the Good Ship Voyager. Um, So I'm very, very happy to see him again. And people have told me he's a first-rate guy. And I'm very, very happy to to see him. And uh, so that, you know, that's the Voyager universe. Now, let me see. I literally don't know who to go to next, (laughs) but I can only meander just so much. But let me go to... Now, I'm supposed to be objective in my position, okay? But with these two actors, I cannot be, I cannot be, you know, that objective. Because when I heard that we got these actors together, I practically jumped six feet in the air and I'm a heavy guy. So that's not easy. I bet, I bet I can guess. Can I guess, Mike? Okay. Yeah, you can guess. Is it, is it, is it Ben and Claudia? That's right. Do you know those two, to my knowledge, and if someone proves me wrong, I apologize, but from what I've heard, these two have never done a convention together on the East Coast. They've done shows together over on the West Coast, you know, but I don't think there's been any on the East Coast. This is an extremely, this is a very big feather in Shoreleaf's cap. True, Farscape hasn't been on for a long time, but I still remember it extremely well. Okay. In fact, pretty soon I've got to find my Farscape discs and start running through the show again <laughs> to kind of bone up on my Farscape knowledge so I don't look too goofy by the time the convention rolls around, because I'm sure people will be talking about it. But back when Sci-Fi was actually the Sci-Fi channel, don't get me started, right? <laughs> uh, basically, that was the centerpiece of that that show, you guys remember it extremely well. I never missed that show. And um, and both, of course, that entire cast was magnificent. And I've seen years in, in the past when the show was just off the air or was still running, some of those actors would still occasionally make it to the United States for an appearance. But I certainly never saw either of these actors. So this is, this is absolutely thrilling uh, about this. So I think... These two are going to be incredibly popular. I don't know if they're appearing on stage together or individually yet because the schedule hasn't been made yet. But um, I'm terrifically excited about this. And I think that uh, to anybody who is familiar with the work of these two actors, they are going to be just absolutely amazed by seeing these two together again because their, their chemistry together was just undeniable. 
So right. this is like a dream pairing for shore leave. And I hope you, everybody out there in the sci-fi diner feels the same. Or I don't know if we ever had this conversation, Scott and Miles, but are you two guys scapers too? Um, uh, Miles, I'll let you answer first and then I'll answer. I, um, uh, I didn't watch it when it first came out. Um, when it came available on Netflix, um, I did watch, I would say probably most of the first season that I kind of stopped. So it's, uh, um, shame on so, you. No, I, <laughs> I would not, but I mean, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I'm glad I checked it out, it, it, you know, but, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it, it didn't hold me. Right. I think I made it through. How many seasons were there, Mike? I forget. Four. 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 I know there I made it through. To be five. The show got axed right in the middle of a major, major uh, cliffhanger. And there was such a huge fan outroar, you know, outcry to this that uh, basically they decided to take the fifth season that had already been mapped out when the network axed the show, um, that they, that's how they created f- the Peacekeeper Wars. Right. They were trying to squeeze 22 hours of stories into a three-hour miniseries. Right. That's why that show was so busy. They were trying to condense everything that was supposed to happen in the fifth year into two two-hour uh, miniseries nights, right, right. but that was another situation like it was with Star Trek all those years ago where the fans just kept demanding it and demanding it. And they knuckled under and decided to finance the, uh, peacekeeper wars. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I, had, so can you tell that I'm pretty excited yeah, about I, these I, actors? Just, <laughs> just, just a little bit, just a little bit, Mike. So just a little, yeah. So I, I just answered just fanboy coming out. Yeah, just uh, to answer the question as well, I watched. I believe I watched. Um, I believe I watched all of it. It's been a while, so it's be like like for you, like you have to go back and re- you said you wanted to do a rewatch. I would totally have to do a rewatch now because it's been years since I've seen it. Um, but I did watch it, and I really did enjoy it. But um, let's see here. Boy, so many more guests to mention in so little time. Yeah. Now, um, from the Stargate universe, this is another huge name that we've had for a while, uh, Elena Huffman. Okay? Yes. Uh, she was uh, Lieutenant Tamara Johansson in Stargate Universe. Not uh, as, you know, well-known of a series as the original SG-1 or even Atlantis, but it's still a, a tremendous uh, actress uh, to go ahead and add to our guest list. Uh, according to the website, she also can be seen in Supernatural and Smallville as well. Okay, and like I said, a lot of the other actors that we've already mentioned have experience with Stargate too, including, I believe, um, Claudia and Ben. I believe, right? Didn't they both oh. have recurring roles in that show too? Well, they became they they joined the cast pretty much in season nine and ten. I mean, uh, right. uh, when when uh, Richard Dean Anderson left the show, uh, Ben Browder uh, joined the cast and. Um, you know, he, you know, he, he, you know, he became part of SG one. Um, and then, um, Claudia Black's character became a, a part of that SG one also. So, uh, so yeah, they, they, they were, I mean, um, so yes, past two years of, uh, they were on, um, Claudia Black's character had, uh, she was a guest star and then she had, a, um, I guess they saw she, she had really good chemistry with, um, 
the, 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 the Daniel Jackson character, and they, they brought her back and uh, made her a regular. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Mike, and did you guys go ahead? I know there's only just so much time, but do you guys recall since I just watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three just recently? Do any of you remember uh, Mr. Browder wearing the gold makeup in Guardians of the Galaxy two? I do. That was him too, you know, buried under all that gold paint. Just ask Brent Spiner, right? How much fun that is? Oh, definitely not much fun at all. But yeah, I just but, thought uh, of that. So. Switching over to um, another beloved show called The Orville, okay? We've got that show represented, too, okay? A uh, actor named Peter Macon is joining us, okay, from The Orville, okay? And he's also been, um, his voice has been heard in Family Guy, and I believe he has a role in the upcoming Planet of the Apes film as well. Okay, that we've mentioned on the website. And also, this is one of those actors that's appeared in so many different shows under very memorable roles. The Penny, Penny Johnson Gerald, right. who's a veteran of the Orville all these years. And of course, I know her more as Cassidy Yates from Deep Space Nine. Right. Yep. You know, one uh, Ben Sisko's paramour, so to speak. Um all those years on Deep Space Nine and everything. So, again, one of those actors who's extremely versatile. We're very, very happy to have her. She's another actress like Robert Picardo, who's, uh, or John Billingsley, for that matter, who has appeared uh, in Baltimore conventions in the past. This might be her first, surely, but I know that she's been to Farpoint, for example, at least once or twice. Right. to great success. So we're very, very happy to have her here. Uh, let's see here. Now, representing the Battlestar Galactica universe, the the reboot, that is, the Ronald Moore reboot. Right. Okay. We have both Grace Park and Aaron Douglas joining us. Now, I believe Aaron Douglas may have been a shore leave once before, a number of years ago. I do not believe Ms. Park has. Okay. It also says on the website that Ms. Park has also been, guess what, in Stargate SD-1 and also Hawaii Five-O. And Aaron Douglas also has had roles in Van Helsing and uh, Dirk Gently as well. Real long name for the show. I'll just call it Dirk Gently. Um, so anyway, if I didn't say that name right, I'm sorry, but it's uh, getting a little dark out here on the porch. But <laughs> No problem to read all. off all the details on our flyer and everything. So let's see. Well, I think I've covered the 10, what I like to call above the title guests. Right. Now, if we had much more time, <laughs> I could go into detail about the 40 some professional writers that we've got against this year. Um, about, I would estimate, 12 to 15, and there's probably going to be more professional scientists joining us again this year to take part in the unique Shirley programming track. Um, we also have performance artists, as you know, you know, which kind of have their own category. I believe the Chromatics are going to join us again this year. And of course, you know, you have um, groups like that, Boogie Nights, of course, right, who, who go back basically all the way to the beginning with Shore Leave. Anybody who's been to Shore Leave more than a year or two should be very familiar with the Boogie Nights and their performances here. I mean, they're, they're every bit as much a part of what makes Shore Leave unique as Howie and Bob show. Right. 
And I don't know if I need any explaining with that or not. But uh, do you think any of your audience don't know who I'm talking about? <laughs> I think if they don't go to Shorely, they might be worth just having a short Crib Notes uh, explanation of the Howie and Bob show. But, uh, and again, uh, I don't know how much time we have where we still got a teeny bit of time, I guess. But anyway, it's absolutely amazing how, you see, Shirley was never originally going to be a literary show. It wasn't designed that way. But um, it all started with two. For those who have only become uh, familiar with Shirley over, say, the last five, ten years, they might think that it's always been this, this way, and it hasn't. If you go back to the really earliest days before I got there, it all started with two guys, Howard Weinstein and Bob Greenberger. All right? I know you've probably talked to them on a number of occasions yeah. over the years. All right? Are they amazing guys or what? They are, truly. And they're, and they're probably Mike, the be- one of the best ambassadors we've ever had for the convention. If I can, Mike, uh, just I want to plug, uh, like you said, you're going to have like a, lots of authors there. Friday night, um, meet the authors. If you, if you if you're a reader, you know science fiction, enjoy reading it, and, and want to meet some of you know these, these authors, uh, they'll be there. They'll be there. To That's right. We call it the Meet the Pros Party. It's usually ten to midnight on Friday night. Uh, it's an opportunity for folks to meet these professional authors, and I think some of the scientists are there, not all, but some are, and they, they sit there, they've got their books to sell, they'll sign copies of their books, they'll talk to you and everything. It, it's an amazing opportunity to not only pick up some books that you're curious about, but also, like it says in the title, to meet the professionals and pick their brains a little bit. Um, and of course, there's plenty of opportunities to, to meet and talk with these authors during the course of the weekend, because a great many of them are up here during panels uh, during the course of the weekend, and some of them even give what are called workshops, you know, workshops where they'll actually teach a little bit about what it takes to get a story sold or, or how to develop a storyline or how to find yourself an agent and, and how to break down the story and everything. They have panel, you know, things like this too. But yeah, like I said at the beginning, it all started with those two guys, and it's like the old shampoo commercial. You know what I mean? They told two friends, and then they told two friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. Right? And that's how we went from two writer guests to I think like forty some now. You know, because they. Like it is with actors, they they told friends and colleagues of theirs, hey, we meet all kinds of neat people there, and we can sell some books, and we can make new friends, and we can network. I mean, I don't think I can say with absolute certainty that this is how it happened, but you're familiar with the crazy A-Press, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't say with certainty uh, that that is where they got the idea, but it's interesting how those guys get together at shore leave. And now all of a sudden they, they do all these projects together. You know what I mean? So, so it's like a, it's a social thing and it's a networking thing for them. And it's, it's pretty amazing. It's just another one of those tracks of shore leave programming that just kind of grew organically over the years. Um, but yeah, we have the performance artists, we have the scientists, we have the writers and Oh yeah, we have 10 above the title actor guest too. Sometimes I joke at committee meetings saying, Hey, how come the you know, 
sometimes I wonder how we fit, you know, all these people into the hotel. You know, how do we have room for folks coming in for the weekend because we've got so many guest stars, you know? You know, so that's, thankfully, that's like a running joke all these right. years. Well, thankfully, there's a ton of hotels around there. So I know that even this year right now, if you want to get a hotel at the convention, the block that they have set aside for shore leave sold out. But there are literally hotels across the street, beside it, around it. You can easily find lodging. Yeah. Yes, there are two very large hotels directly across the street um, on Shawan Road, and there is a very nice link on the website that goes into some detail about where these places are, uh, their address, their phone number, um, and the contact information and how far away they are. Um, so, yes. So, so, yeah, I try to tell folks, even if the Hunt Valley Inn itself is sold out, it does not mean the convention is sold out. Just that they need lodging, they have to find other accommodations. Right. But as of the time we're having this conversation, um, the memberships are filling up, but we're not sold out yet. But like I mentioned once before, any of you out there who maybe are thinking about it or otherwise on the fence and you want to come, say, Saturday, please don't wait to the last minute because there might be a line. Okay. I mean, we have an amazing staff in our registration areas, and I give them all the credit in the world, but they can only do just so much. So please don't wait to the last minute. Sunday tends to be much quieter. So uh, that might be a good idea, too. Oh, just to let you know, a couple of our guests are only appearing Saturday and Sunday due to other, uh, I think, commitments. I believe Claudia Black is only there Saturday, Sunday. I believe Grace Park is only there Saturday, Sunday, just to let your team know. Generally, surely prides itself on having the guests there all weekend. But on certain cases, they just can't get in until late because they're probably flying in from Los Angeles or who knows, you know, who knows where else. And they they literally can't get there in time to do autographs on Friday. But I just wanted to let you know that. Anyway, I've been talking so much and everything and (laughs) rambling on about all these exciting things go on. I'm sure I've thought I've clean forgot about 10, 15 other things. And uh, do any of you guys have any specific questions or any other part of the convention that you would like to to bring up with the time we have left? Yeah. Well, let me, um, Miles, I want to hear uh, one thing from you, but let me uh, share one of the things that I've always enjoyed. I know my son and I enjoyed when we've been down there is you have, is it called Howl's Place, the gaming area? Um, I forget what it was called, but where they played like the board games and stuff. Well, we do have weekend long gaming. Uh, that's another long-standing tradition of shore leave and other fan-run conventions. Um, it's funny, though. Um, that's never really been, been my thing, although I got to admit uh, I did have a little bit of a, you know, fascination with D&D maybe 15, 20 years right, ago. Right. But um, I just don't have time for it anymore. But there was right. a time. Anyway, <laughs> like so, like for so many of us. But anyway, um but yeah, I do know folks who literally will go into the the um, the gaming room, and you don't see them anywhere else all weekend long. I know it's they're true. in there from the wee small hours of the morning until everybody collapses in the middle right, of the night, right. and then you've got to kick them out when the convention's over with. Right. You know, so. Um, 
yippity, I think that's kind of funny, but there are those that is just their thing. And I right. say the more the merrier, you know? Right. Everybody's got their thing. And this is another thing about Shirley Leave and other fan run cons. For such a small convention such as ours, with the capacity that we have, and you, you know, you guys know this as good as anybody, there are tons of choices. If you want to walk around the, the dealer's room and, and look for that rare bit of memorabilia, it's there. Right. If you're more of a literary person and you want to meet the authors, that's there, too. Right, absolutely. If you like uh, cosplay, oh, there's plenty there, especially on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that, you know, that is there, too. You've got the incredible Shore Leave Masquerade, which is among the best anywhere, especially considering its size. Right, right, okay? absolutely. That's going on. And then, of course, you've got those who mainly want to meet the guests and get their autographs and get the photo ops and everything. And you've also got all the panels. Now, you see, that's more my racket. Right. Uh, Miles, you're going to see me in a lot of panels during the course of the weekend, because let's face it, I love to shoot my mouth off as much <laughs> as anybody about opinions, right, yeah, about absolutely. things that I'm passionate about. So there's all these panel discussions going on. You've got workshops going on. You've got the, the weekend-long gaming going on. You've got the fan films going on, okay? Um, so... You know, the yep. art show is going on all weekend long. You've got the science programming uh, track, which is another thing that's fairly unique to Shoreleaf. Um, you know, every year I blame myself. Every year I tell myself, uh, I've got to sit in on more, more of these science tracks. I've just got to do it. I'm going to do it this year. And guess what happens? I never quite get around to as many as I'd like, you know? Um, so there are a lot of choices for people who... You know, we'll look at a convention and go, hey, Star Trek convention, yeah, a bunch of geeks walking around. Why would I want to do that? And I like to tell newcomers, I say, listen, you'd be surprised. You know, if you can't go to a convention like, like Shore Leave, and if you have any love for genre TV or movies at all, you will find something that interests you. I guarantee it. And you're going to find a lot of really amazing people there, too. Yeah, absolutely. Over the course of years, and you're all very aware of this, as I've gotten older, the real important part, as wonderful as getting autographs is and building up the collection is, the best part of all is seeing your friends again. Right. Because in, in many, many cases, because I really can't do a lot of traveling, okay? Um, so... The idea of seeing all your friends again and just talking to them and everything is incredibly important. That's why not having Shirley for those two years seemed like 20 years to me. Right. And why last year, even though the attendance was still down because people were still worried, you know, about going out in group settings and everything, those that were there were just overjoyed because they were seeing people again. Uh, and we're counting on the feeling to be even better this year. Um, so anyway, not to wax rack, you know, rhapsodic too much, but, but yeah, as you get older, things like that become more and more opinion. I'm right. sure you're already very aware of that. Right. So, uh, Miles, is there anything that you are in particular excited about shortly this year? Yes. Uh, so I couldn't go last year cause I got the COVID real bad and, uh, I'm sure if the folks probably appreciated that I stayed home when I was convalescing. Um, but it was very hard not to because my sci-fi crush, uh, Summer Clow, was one of your guests last year, and I would have loved <laughs> to 
have to get her back, uh, Michael, sometime, you know. Um, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to going. Probably, I mean, it, I love meeting the celebrity guests. I love the vendor tables. But uh, probably what I've grown to enjoy the most is probably probably going to the panels and e- either as a um, moderator or as just uh, attending and just talking about what, I, what, what we all have in common, what we love, and... Um, that's probably what I probably enjoyed most going to these cons over the last uh, several years, uh, and, and 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 you know getting to see uh, close friends I only get to see maybe once or twice a year. So um, looking forward to reconnecting with folks uh, that I haven't seen in a while. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, that 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 that's that, that's what uh, I'm looking forward to. So before we Go before we wrap this up, you know sometimes it is so easy for me to just simply take over a talk like this and just go on and on and on. Gee, where'd I get that idea, right? But sometimes I like to ask you guys or anybody else I want to, I'm talking to Shoreleave about is, you know, about how they know about Shoreleave and what their opinions of it are and what is it about Shoreleave that's important to them. What's the most important thing to them? What, what drew them to the convention? So, you know, so I always like to hear you guys as well about what you're what you're looking forward to. We already heard from Miles and all. So what um what are you going to be doing this year, Scott, and your other um, teammates from the diner? Um, well, what are you going to be doing this year to kind of recharge your fandom batteries, as yeah. it were? Well, you know, you know, as far as uh, that goes, I can't speak for the rest of the crew, but I can certainly speak for myself that you know I always go enjoy connecting to the author guests and um and i also one of the (laughs) this doesn't seem like i'm doing much at the convention but i really like hanging out in the lobby area with friends they have those nice cushions and seats and i have very fond memories of playing games with miles there with friends and hanging out at the bar with friends it was just it's a it's a place I think when I initially started coming, we've had this conversation, Mike, but um, when I first started coming to Shorely, it was all about the guests and the guests are still fascinating. And we, we've obviously gushed over tons of guests tonight, but I think just as equally the friendships you make that you sometimes seen once a year um, end up being almost as important as the other aspects of the convention, because it wouldn't be the convention without them. So I think that's probably one of the things I know that I look forward to going to this convention. Well, I think it's going to be fantastic, and like I say, I'm sure I've forgotten 10 or 15 other important things. Yeah. But, now let's not talk about – I want yeah. to talk about some important things here. We haven't talked about when this fine convention is happening, so can you uh, real quickly tell us the <laughs> dates because that's kind of important. Just one little thing. Yeah, I? I mean, if we're talking about Shirley, we want you to come. <laughs> Maybe you should know where it's at, where it's at. So. Well, as of the time we're recording this, it's only two months away, July 7th. 8th and 9th at the Hunt Valley Inn uh, Delta Hotel by Marriott, otherwise known as the Venerable Hunt Valley Inn off of uh, Shawan Road, just north of Baltimore. You take I-83 North and you make that uh, exit on the Shawan Road. You look to your right and boom, there it is. So for folks coming from uh, 
you know, from out of town and all. It's incredibly easy to find. It's a very rustic, old-fashioned hotel. Uh, it's got a lot of free parking, which is always a great thing. If you go to a lot of conventions like down in the inner city where you got to pay, you know, half a day's salary just to park, right? So that really comes in handy. Right. But, yeah, the, the good old Hunt Valley Inn, July 7th, 8th, and 9th. So it is literally right around the corner, and it will be here before you know it. Yeah. And uh, like I say, as of right now, there's still memberships available. But with this kind of a guest lineup, I can't guarantee that it's going to be, right. you know, there's going to be much room available when the weekend comes. So, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very exciting uh, convention. Well, they're all exciting in their right. own way, of course. Right. But now that we're, um, you know, through on the backside of COVID and everything and you know, I don't think any more partitions or anything with the guests like it was last year and everything. Right. But um, it'll really give people an even greater chance compared to last year to interact, which is something that we're all very, very, very hungry for. Um, and I think it's going to be a, a joyful time. So right. just want to make so a I note here. Really wonderful. Just want to make a note here that if people go to the website, sure-leave.com, and you look at the registration, if you register before June 15th, which is still a month away here, you can get in on an early registration deal that actually knocks a little bit of money off the price. And in today's world where inflation is hitting us in the pocketbook, um, every dollar counts. And um, I would uh, encourage That's like anyone listening, right. I, I would encourage anyone listening to just check this out do an early registration and get a little bit off the the fee. You can always pay at the door if you don't get it done. But um, if you want to save a little bit of money, you can pre-register. That is June 15th at the deadline for that. Oh, speaking of saving money, okay. Now, very, very briefly, okay, I wanted to let everybody know who may be curious about this. Now, besides most actors that tend to sign uh, their autograph, you know, for a nominal fee at their tables and everything, we have what are called official autograph sessions, okay? This is where a certain number of our guest stars will, at a certain point in the day, for like an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours, depends on how the flow goes, they will sign for free. And the, the number, people are called to the line by badge number. This is why, another reason why pre-registration is such a good idea. Because the earlier you do it, the lower your number is. Okay? And the two guests that have agreed to sign for free during the official, I mean, they'll still sign at their tables for the regular fee. But if you, anyway, uh, on Saturday and Sunday, Ben and Claudia are signing free. Okay, cool. That's All right. awesome. And, that, and so everybody who has a, a membership, okay, will, can get one free autograph from each on Saturday and Sunday. Now, if you go up to their table during, you know, other parts of the day, it'll be the same price as they normally charge. But during the official session, all that information, of course, will be in the program book and in the, um, the pocket program, we call it. It'll give the specific time and everything. And, of course, there's a lot of people running around saying, you know, what number we're up to. Believe me, we have plenty of helpers who do that. Right. Gives teenagers in attendance something to do, right? <laughs> but right. 
anyway, so yeah, those are our official autograph signers this year. So if folks are a little bit concerned about saving money saying, oh, autographs are so expensive, and well, let's face it, they are, right? Um, this is a tremendous bargain to be able to get a couple of free autographs during the course of the weekend. So I think folks who may not be familiar with the convention um, should be aware of that. But all these details and everything that I've talked about today are available on the um, Shoreleave website, like yeah. you just mentioned, right. shore-leave.com. It's right. all on there. Right. Well, Mike, I just want to thank you so much for coming back on the diner, hanging out with us, and uh, just chatting with us about your passion, about the things that you are passionate about, because not only are you representing the fan in media relations, but you truly are a fan as well. And I think it's neat that the, that the, that the marriage of those two has kind of resulted in, in you being at least an, uh, a frontman for, uh, for, for Shoreleave. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, believe me, you're very welcome, and believe me, we and Shirley are extremely grateful to the Sci-Fi Diner, you and the rest of your team. You've been with us all these years, you know, and, you know, believe me, there are other podcasts out there, but you guys are always at the front and center because you've supported us through thick and thin through all this, and we're extremely grateful. So I definitely would not miss this, but I like to joke to people, you know, with my own natural talkative nature, even if it wasn't my position with a convention to do so, I would still do this because, well, like I said before, I've been going to this convention since 1986, you know, just as a, a fellow fan like everybody else did. I didn't join the organization that puts it on until some years later and, of course, didn't become a member of the Shirley Committee until a good you know, number of years after that. So I came to this as a fan, just like everybody else did. Right. Um, but yeah, the people that I've met and the friendships that I've made because of it and all the wonderful memories that have built up over time, um, you know, it's, it's a very big part of our lives. And that's why I like to tell folks that going to a convention like Shore Leave, with everything else that's happening in our lives, with our careers, with our families, with everything, with the way the world is and all, and I think, uh, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, didn't we have a very nice conversation about the importance of science fiction gatherings to one's psychological health? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that was a really different kind of a, a short-leave segment than in past years. Right. But it certainly was interesting. It didn't make it any less interesting. It just had a different vantage point that I hadn't considered. But like I say, things like this, it's almost like, and I know this is a very hackneyed expression and not very original, but it's kind of like, like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, it's like... um dipping yourself in the magic waters of fandom and recharging your fandom batteries. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So that's basically you do. You feel a little bit down about the way things are, and you can go to a convention. You can say, man, that felt good. I can't wait till we do this again, you know? Right, right. Well, uh, Mike, it's been great to have you on the show, and we look forward to seeing you in just a few short months. And uh, thanks again for joining us. All right, then, guys. Well, Thank you so very much. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Miles. Looking forward to seeing you at Shoreleaf. Yep, absolutely. Miles, you want to take us out of the show? All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see you.